0: Learn, experiment, achieve, and take off. We're anthropologists and social scientists who put leaders under the microscope. We are your eyes and ears to dig up the most valuable insights for success to help make you and your business better. We give you the tools to lead your future and help build leaders we all want to look up to. So rise to your potential, launch. Welcome, I'm Rebecca Bennett, your host. Today's guest is Jerry Abiog, co founder and CMO of Standard Insights, which provides growth marketing with AI as a service. His firm was born from lessons learned from past failures and has come onto the launch podcast today to talk about a phoenix that has arisen from the ashes. Because the AI market is projected to grow to almost $400 billion by 2025, we wanted to explore AI with someone who has had a hand on driving it forward. I hope that my conversation with Jerry today will give our listeners a better sense of AI as the future and how to go about integrating it into one's business. Well, welcome Jerry to the show. I wanna kick things off by asking you to give our listeners some backstory on how you got into AI and your experience with it.
1: Yeah, thanks Rebecca, thanks for having me on. So a brief history of my background. My name is Jerry Abiyog, I'm co-founder of Standard Insights, got 25 years in sales and marketing experience, and roughly nine years ago I left the corporate world, check out my LinkedIn that was my last corporate job, and nine years ago I started my own business helping software companies with sales and marketing initiatives, and along the way we've had some great clients with some great exits, but as they say in life, you learn from failure. And one of the big failures I had with one of my clients was an AI company, AI machine learning company. Uh, this, let's take this back three, four years ago. So uh, work worked with this client. We had a great idea, but it was an utter failure. We had a million dollars worth of funding and we blew it, uh, long story short. And so when that, a lot of things went wrong with that company, mainly that we weren't customer focused uh if you will but uh, long story short as this company was imploding i learned two things number one regardless of what software you're, you're selling it has to be something that is easy to use and it'll solve your customers business problems and number two i didn't realize it back then but we were uh, there was something bubbling beneath the surface with regards to ai driven technology so during this time through serendipitous events I met my future co-founder. He was visiting from India, he used to live in Atlanta, he used to work for a Fortune 50, um, Fortune 50 company as a technological architect. He had pitched me this idea that he had of an AI-driven growth marketing platform. And learning what I learned from my past company, I had thought it had enough legs to warrant a look. So I took his idea, this pro- prototype, flew from Atlanta, to Denver, went to the outdoor retail show. When I returned back to Atlanta a week later, we secured, I secured two beta clients, and that was the beginning of Standard Insights.
0: Got it, got it. Yeah, that's definitely the way that a lot of entrepreneurs get started. Is they see, they see the failures of another business. Um, yep. what, what were those weak points, and then they try to build off of that. And um, that's a that's very entrepreneurial of you. Yeah. Um, so so is
1: both, right? I'll be honest, it's a little bit of luck, but then learning was involved, learning from past failures. Not attacking everything at once, just going in, getting your foot to the door and taking it from there.
0: Yeah, that seems to be a successful uh, growth strategy for a lot of companies, starting off in one target area or niche, uh, trying to master it in that area, and then try to see what you can transition over that's applicable to other industries. Um, in order to scale is, uh, seems a really gr- like a really great growth strategy. So t- can you tell us exactly how does Standard Insights leverage AI?
1: Yeah, so what we do is we take, regardless of vertical, customer data. And that could be geographic, demographic, behavior data, psychographic, and their purchase patterns. We take it, we analyze it, uh, and then we do our... Um, AI-driven, both predict, you know, predictions, predictive and prescriptive analytics. We take all that, and we take that data, and we execute data-driven omnichannel campaigns. So once everything is connected, with two three clicks of your mouse, you're running data-driven campaigns: email, text, or social media.
0: hmm And how did how did you guys come up with this idea of leveraging the AI for the customer insights?
1: Yeah. So, you know, AI we're at its early stages and the early adopters were e-commerce companies, you know, in in the um, retail space. So what we noticed out there is that a lot of businesses or a lot of software packages were more interested in bringing new customers on board. But there was a lack of services or software companies that took existing customer data to drive repeat buyers, repeat business. And there was a study put out by Bain that even a, a 5% increase in customer retention can result in 25 to 95% uh, increase in profit. So that was our mindset going in as we developed this prototype. Got Back it. then was a prototype.
0: So Jerry, a lot of times companies struggle with trying to not just plan for how they're going to implement AI, but how they're going to actually execute on it. Um, if a company were to start from scratch and try to implement uh, an AI initiative, where do you recommend they start? How would they prepare?
1: So as the saying goes, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So just start out small. You don't have to use AI to improve sales or efficiencies with the entire company all at once. Just start out small start at one particular, particular department that maybe has the lowest hanging fruit, if you will, and start there and, and attack there. And once that happens and you're seeing improvements, go to other areas of the company.
0: Great. Um, so I'm curious though, I want you to share with our audience how you measure your ROI with AI. So you're you're selling AI as a solution to to companies to help improve their customer sales and retention how do you how do you help those companies measure their roi using your product
1: so typically one of three ways um is obviously first thing and foremost is improvement in sales number two is increase average order value and number three reduce customer churn
0: great and i think you mentioned to me earlier something about customer customer profitability score can you go into that a little bit
1: Yeah, so uh, the profitability score, potential profitability, since this is an AI, uh, you know, audience, we look at three things. And you're probably familiar with this term, regardless of any vertical or we look at three things, the recency someone purchased, the frequency someone purchased, and how much money they've spent. So there's three things. So someone can come back to me, hey, Jerry, I'm great in math, I could figure this out on my own. And I will say, okay, Roger that. But then I'm going to give you a spreadsheet of 2,000 customers, and this, uh, you know, this company has 100 different products. Rebecca, I want you to give me an RFM analysis and score everyone, top to bottom. Half hour, go. And they can't. They go, Jerry, I'm good at math, but this is going to take time. So in today's business environment, it's time and efficiency. You may be great in math. And I can give you a spreadsheet of 2,000 customers with what they purchase and how often and how much money they've spent. But here, it's time is of the essence. And how do you prioritize and and execute based on the data that's given to you?
0: Oh, fantastic. So, Jerry, a lot of companies, they get excited about the hype around new technologies. And they have these amazing capabilities in AI and they want to adopt. But the problem is that when companies buy these new technologies and they implement them, they fail to change the processes and people around the technology so it all fits in together strategically. So what I wanna kinda understand is what does your company do to help these companies um, solve their problems more holistically going beyond just implementing the technology?
1: Yeah, great question, Rebecca. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I can do a big song and dance in front of a uh, in front of C level execs, and they'll get excited because I've got a pretty PowerPoint presentation. But at the end of the day, if they sign on a dotted line, but they never log into your software, they're they're not going to renew. So that you know is just a waste of time. So in order to mitigate that or help customers along, we do have a managed services component. So we help guide our clients along throughout the process because it's one thing to get excited about it. But it's another thing to, you know, implement what we've suggested. It's just like, um, you know, everyone, New Year's, everyone gets excited about, you know, getting on a diet, right? You get excited about it, but you've actually got to go through the process day in and day out or even in a relationship, right? Everything's great the first, um, you know, first year, but then it's it's hard work, right? So you got to grow and and feed it. And same thing with our software. We're just not going to. Give it to you. Hey, Rebecca, here's your login information. Right. You know,
0: go. Right. So, I also wanted to ask you. So, building an AI solution is no easy feat. Uh, you definitely need the right talent to do it, uh, as well as the right vision. And I'm curious as to in your to your journey so far at Standard Insights, as well as kind of leading up to that as well. What current challenges? have you faced in building and implementing your AI?
1: So there are, um, you know, a couple things. In order to have a startup that's gonna succeed, and we learned this from, I learned this from past failures, is you have to have, I guess, two big components. Co-founders are highly technical, and our technical co-founders in India, one guy used to work for General Electric. So he worked for the, I believe, General Electric is a Fortune 50 company. He worked there as a technical, uh, technological architect. So we had not only the, the technical savvy, but business savvy as well. Mm-hmm. He ran a big budget. And then you have another guy that um, has a, our other co-founder, Computer Science. And then you've got myself, Sales and Marketing, the other, uh, pre, uh, our CEO, co-founder, CEO, has a wealth of knowledge with regards to how to properly run a startup. So it has to have both tech savvy, and business savvy and everyone has to communicate and uh, have a singular goal in an open communication right so whether it's amongst us four co-founders or uh communication with your customers so our biggest challenge right now is um is probably um i mean we could always use more resources right and that's where funding comes in but so it's a it's a balancing act between selling and, and scheduling but as long as we keep open and honest communication you know, with our customers, then um, nothing ever flows smoothly, but um, we can anticipate the bumps in the road.
0: hmm and there's, yeah, I'm sure it gets easier and easier with each, each client, each journey that you, you go on with them um, yeah. to, to handle those bumps. And yeah, I think that when you're putting a team together, especially for a startup, marrying the right talent together um, like you said, finding that co-founder with that technical expertise. Um, I found that even with my business, it's it's been really critical to get that on board early and then get on like the top good talent. Um, and then people who are really committed to, to that startup environment and the vision, who really believe in it. And then filling, filling your team out from there, just complementing each other's skills, filling in the gaps as you go, uh, I think is a great approach. Yeah, absolutely. What do you feel like the implications of COVID nineteen are on AI progress and adoption? So I, I specifically I wanted to see how how this has been what's the impact been on your company since COVID? Have you had to pivot or things are going swell and dandy and you just keep doing what you're doing? So a
1: couple things. Thankfully the clients that we had, they were in um Like one client sells masks, another client sells PPE equipment. So we were lucky in that fact that our clients, uh, you know, were involved in uh, COVID-related industries, Mm -hmm. uh, number one. Uh, Number two, um, as most lockdowns are happening, all the companies that we were in discussions with prior to COVID, well, it stopped once the lockdowns happened in March. But now all the folks we were in discussions with like finance companies now they're, they're giving us a call uh three one thing and on how we've uh, pivoted standard insights is this time last year we developed an ai driven digital menu that we presented to uh to restaurants presented to a buddy of mine up the street he kind of poo-pooed it but now along comes covid cdc is recommending digital menus and so we pulled out of the garage and we tweaked it uh, a month and a half ago was you know, walking the dog with my wife and the same buddy who poo-pooed it yelled across the streets like, Hey, do you still have that you know, that those did that, that AI driven digital menu. So so we pivoted, right, to a product that we had that we put away and and now uh, gosh, we got the new subdomain up in, in two weeks. I'm fielding a call a day from uh, restaurants and restaurant consultants. So yeah, I think it's accelerated the digitization process. I was on a, a conference call with in the restaurant space last year, and the restaurants, let's be honest, prior to COVID, they, they had slim margins and they weren't the most tech savvy. And all this AI stuff and digitization, for a lot of them was three, four years out, you know, and now it's three, four months. So now it's happening now with AI driven digitization with restaurants. So whether it's in restaurants or other verticals, I think it's accelerated the AI adoption process.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting to see how these world and global events, it's it's so important to pay attention to these, these global events to see how it affects industries. Because who would have thought the restaurant industry would have been the first to try to uh pivot and ramp up and find new ways to respond to to a situation like this and now they're like you said they're they're the perfect candidate as a customer for an ai solution using the digital menu like you talked about um but i think i really liked how in your pivot so a lot of companies are struggling to figure out what's their next step where do they go and i like how you looked to your kind of your inventory of old products almost like your backlog to see what did we build before so we don't have to start from scratch and take so long. What did we build before that we can leverage now? I think that was a really uh, genius idea that a lot of other companies during this time could could use. Just look at your backlog of ideas. Um, do you have something already kind of in the pipeline, even half built? Let's Let's start building on that.
1: Yeah, thanks. Appreciate
0: that. Um, and then I also think it's it's uh, makes people times like these make people realize that how important it is to diversify your client base. Uh, like mm-hmm. with you, you were lucky that you had customers that were it's already being able to weather a situation like this. Is a it's a great strategy to diversify your client base and just think moving forward and looking to the future. What are the other things that you can think of? that risks that are threats that occur in your business that you could hedge against uh, by choosing choosing which clients you wanna work with?
1: For us, regardless of vertical, it's putting one tech stack on top of another. So we've got, we've got three or four competitors that we're keeping an eye on mm-hmm. constantly. And we did take a look at those competitors and each of those competitors have little slivers of our tech stack. So mm-hmm. we took all those four or five competitors that we have and combine them all into one. And that was the genesis of our standard insights or smart choice AI platform. So we're always in the lookout trying to put one tech stack on top of another. Right. So it's like a MMA fighter. They've got a, you know, no boxing. They're, 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 they're striking the, the Muay Thai jiu jitsu wrestling on top of that. They've got to do strength workouts, flexibil- flexibility workouts and um, watch their diet. So that's how I like to think, you know, just well, well-rounded well tech stack.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like just taking the best of what you see that's out there or in the world and throwing your own solution together. Sounds like yeah. a great plan.
1: And I think right now with what we're going with COVID, it's not gonna go away anytime away anytime soon is is that companies have realized the vital importance of the the digitization of their organization across the board Mm -hmm. so companies are i know some companies are forward thinkers but a lot of companies as we've seen big and small are backpedaling because of covid
0: yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of that too, and in, in some of the people, other executives that I've interviewed, I've seen some backpedal as well, because it's it's a scary world out there navigating in this uncertainty. Um, but I also think you're right; it's an opportunity for companies to get ahead, explore AI, because in it's it's more of a long term game. Um, yeah. I feel like that the benefits may come a little bit later down the road with a little investment up front.
1: And if you look at our website, and if you look at our logo. it's it's standard insights and it goes up and it goes down, but it's always trending up. Uh And companies have to realize that, just because you start, you go out for a run today and you start eating vegetables today, you're not gonna lose weight tomorrow.
0: Right, exactly. I
1: mean, it's a a lifestyle, whether it's diet or exercise, you know, in your personal life, and it's a data-driven lifestyle, it is in your work life.
0: Excellent. Well, Jerry, I want to thank you for your time on the podcast. And if our listeners wanted to follow you, where would they go?
1: Yeah, thanks, Rebecca, for having me on. But uh, first, they can follow me, uh, find me on LinkedIn, Jerry Abiog at Standard Insights, or they can shoot me an email, Jerry, J E R R Y. At StandardInsights.io, or if they want, if you're a restaurant owner listening into this podcast and looking to see how AI can help you rise from the ashes of COVID, they can go to our subdomain. It's uh, i o r d e r dot menu, and those are the three ways that someone uh, ways that someone can get a hold of me.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jerry, for coming on the show and sharing with us your journey in AI and all of the insights that came along with it. Hey, thanks, Rebecca. Of course. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to download the next episode so you can listen to it on your next commute or trip. You can access more great insights and other goodies on our website at launchitspot.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there, which will notify you when we post the new goods. And of course, we always appreciate shares and likes by our listeners. Did you know that you can be featured on Launch? We are always looking for interesting people who are striving to become better leaders, as well as subject matter experts in any of our content categories listed in our nav bar. Believe it or not, your story can inspire so many people. All you have to do is quickly apply on our website and we'll be in touch. Now, how are you going to lead the world?